Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to podcast 2187. We have Mark and me for tonight. And first off, I just want to I want to ask you Mark, how are you doing? And I mean this on an emotional level, not not just to start a show. But like I'm, the mark that we've all come to know, I'm still talking. The mark that we've all come to know and love so far. How is he doing? You may now speak. He's doing fine. I just, I'm, I'm just answering for him. He's okay. Oh, okay. Is, is the real mark in your basement? Fake mark? Nah, either way, it's pod people. Pod people. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you, you said, uh, you said it's like this is. It's me and you tonight. Well, it's going to be you and me every night for the foreseeable future. So yeah, at least at least for uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if if any of our listeners do not check Twitter, or if any of our listeners have not heard, um, last episode was uh, Jared's last last episode. Um, we kind of we kind of had talked about it before the episode, and and we knew it might be a possibility, but we, we didn't really entertain the conversation. Uh, during the episode, we just did a normal episode, uh, and then he had made his decision afterwards. Um, basically, Jared's decided that you know he just wants to do some other things. As far as you know, it's not that he's over Star Wars; he's just kind of tired of you know, I guess podcasting with Star Wars. So he's going to be doing some other type of podcasting. Uh, most notably, plug here: <laughs> um, Jared and I will be doing a podcast in the in the near future. Uh, f- focusing on uh, buddy movies. It's going to be Tango and Podcash. Um, so if you have Twitter, look for that uh, and follow us. And we'll be getting started on that shortly. Tim's going to be helping out. Yes, uh, Tim is. Yep, getting it set up. And also, uh, he's going to definitely, uh, I'm sure, be on an episode or two. So it'll be like the family reunited again, but with a different topic. Not like we ever stuck to Star Wars half the time on this uh on this show, but you know, same group of people uh, from time to time, same group, but different names. So the, the three of us, you get to hear the three of us every once in a while and you get to hear Jared and I more often. So, yeah. And the main thing I just kind of want to emphasize or add to that um, is kind of like you said, where like, the, the, cause I know, so, especially with podcasts, sometimes there, there are things that happen like behind the scenes where people are wondering if, if they're fighting, like we're fine. <laughs> like this wasn't any disagreements or anything like that. I just want to emphasize, like, we're all good. This is just like Mark was saying, it's just kind of something that he was exploring right now. So. Yeah. I, I may decide to, to leave after tonight's episode too. So, you know, now, you're going to, you're going to really be in trouble if I decide to leave after tonight's episode. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I was alive before you and I'll be alive after you, Tim. I don't need you. You do this by myself. I'm so conflicted yeah. right now. Sorry. It was kind of a, a quote from a from a Steve Martin uh stand up comedy. Oh uh, yeah. Gro- growing up it was the it was one that my parents my parents had Steve Martin, he had they had his comedy album on LP. Yeah. And I listened to that thing over and over and over again. I, I think Steve Martin's one of the funniest guys uh, ever. And thinking about it now, I don't know why it's funny to me. I think it's more <laughs> funny to me. But I think it's more funny to me just from the history that I have with it. Right. But, yeah, you know, that, that, that group of people back from, I guess, 70s, late 70s, early 80s, you know, Steve Martin, John Candy, Bill Murray. Right. Uh, you know, Martin Short, all those guys. Those are like my... That's like my 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 all stars as far as comedy. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh man, I, I can just go deep on on. Uh, I love watching Rodney Dangerfield skits on uh, on YouTube or or his comedy. He's just you know king of the one liners. Great stuff. So well, I was gonna say I'm always super happy to see whenever uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short are like on on a, a late night show or something together because they're, they're performing together now it's always fun uh you can't go wrong with having those two together oh for sure yeah, i feel like great. i feel like martin short is over i mean i know you mentioned him but i feel like in the whole scheme of great comics of recent times i always feel like he's kind of under or like undervalued or something i don't know he's he's overlooked because yeah. he didn't have any sort of string of films that he was i guess successful in on his own 
Um, mm-hmm. But man, you know, he, and he was, I guess he was a straight guy, so to speak. It's hard to say, you know, cause, cause you look at a film, like you look at a film, like uh, planes, trains and automobiles, you know, Steve Martin, John Candy, obviously Steve Martin's a straight guy, but Steve Martin still has a lot of, of uh, physical comedy in that. A lot of, a lot of one-liners or in jokes, but right. You know, Martin Short definitely, you know, especially with uh, uh, man, Three Amigos. Oh my God, I don't even, think <laughs> I, I don't even think I, I really appreciated that film until recently. Like I've always liked it, but once once you start seeing, so so for me, growing up seeing the Three Amigos, I thought it was really funny. Uh-huh. But then, but then once you start seeing all the spaghetti westerns and the samurai films and and all the different type of you know movies that influence that as far as the right you know, the, the, the parody of it then you're like oh this is really good yeah so yeah three amigos great movie <laughs> uh speaking of the three amigos you know what what movie franchise has speaking a great of three amigos it's not this show <laughs> sorry uh so well you know <laughs> No, I was going to say, speaking of the Three Amigos, you know it's a great film trilogy that, that has Three Amigos in it? No. Star Wars. Does it? Are we talking about, uh, are we talking about the prequel, the sequel, or the original trilogy? I, or is I, it I'm, I get the vibe. Once, once we have episode nine, I get the vibe. It's really going to be all three. I don't know. You really think that Poe's going to start palling around with, uh, with Ray? Well, why not? I mean, they ended episode eight together. And, I mean, they ended they, they episode can... eight introducing each other, introducing themselves to each other. Yeah, but on the Falcon together to re, it's like with the whole vibe of this is what the future is on this Falcon, and it's the two of them. And yeah, I mean, we... Finn, Finn too, you know, of course. But uh, and I mean, they could still split up and do other stuff in episode nine. But I do feel like they're gonna at least end together as three, unless unless one of them dies. That could be a possibility, of course. I, I, I feel like I'd be kind of surprised. Like, look, episode uh, seven, it's Han. All right. Episode eight, in a way, it's kind of Luke, kind of not, because, you know, he's still in episode nine, but whatever. Uh, for episode nine, like, it'd really suck if they end that by killing one of the new three main characters. You know, that's not a good vibe to end a trilogy. Right, I agree. I think JJ knows. He said recently the number one thing he wants for fans to feel when they leave this movie is satisfied. So, again, I don't feel like that's the type of thing that would happen. And I also just want to mention real quick, I saw earlier today that Oscar Isaac just said in an interview recently that uh, people are going to ha- like have their minds blown with episode nine, too. So, well, uh, Of course he's going to say that. Well, I, I know. I was going to say, like, like, it's not like he doesn't have any, you know, bias per se in it or anything. You know but what you at want the same to know time, my mind? <laughs> I don't. Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal and a cast of others are in some Netflix movie coming out. Are they? Yeah. So we got the Mandalorian and Poe Dameron in a Netflix movie. Oh, and uh, and uh, Tron Jr. I think. Oh really? Like like that's a thing. Garrett Garrett Helgeland or whatever the guy who played. <sighs> Not, I don't know who was Tron. I mean, I know who <laughs> Tron is, but they're the not Tron. They're human. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Come on. In my mind, I'm going to Daft Punk right now, so I'm way off uh, base. Would you like to see Daft Punk do a Star War? No. What? Well, okay, well, uh, it ha- uh, it'd have to be in a timeline that we haven't seen before. Uh, and it really have to be like a one movie and it really has to click. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's impossible, but there are some specifics that you'd have to do before it to work, I think. Like, it's funny. It's funny. I know this sounds really stupid, but I think Daft Punk could do a Star Wars set in the future. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm like... My my brain is doing gymnastics trying to figure this out. Like like if you had it to where it was like let's say it's all Coruscant based, 
Yeah. Or all sort of, or, or a, ooh, even better, Watt Tambor, the movie with music by Daft Punk, like the Techno Union. You know, Daft Punk. I could see that working, but I could not see that being a movie in the first place. So it kind of like defeats the purpose. That's true. I, I do. I do like. I had my rewatch of Attack of Clones the other day, and I tell you right now, as far as I think what sets apart the prequels and why I love the prequels so much and why I appreciate them more and more every rewatch is that there's so much introduced in them as far as, you know, additions to the Star Wars universe, you know, as far as world building goes. Oh, yeah. Just the the types of creatures, the types of characters, the number of, you know, just everything is is just so fantastic, you know, and and, it's a hugely vast world of stuff. It really is. And at the time, I thought they, they jumped too quick from here to there. But at the same time, it's like, hey, look, here's Camino. These people make clones. Let's move on. You don't really need to know anything about them. Right. You know, and when you think about all the things that they did in a two-hour movie like Attack of the Clones, and then you think that, you know, no offense, but you think in Last Jedi, it's a, it's a slow, uh, slow speed space chase. What they accomplished in the prequels and, and in the you know individual movies is, is far grander. You know, you you may like Last Jedi better, whatever. You know, it's Star Wars. If you like Star Wars, you like Star Wars. But I just think as far as world building and, and the prequels really, really contributed to you know far more than than I think uh, modern audiences realize. I I would agree with that. Although I do say. I feel like modern audiences realize it more than initial audiences may have. I mean, I know that they received good feedback at the theater, but in the follow-up to that, you know, the prequels, as everybody well knows, got a lot of crap. Um, I feel like it's it's starting to get more respect as the years have gone. Well, okay, so so think of it this way, though. So Phantom Menace is, is a, this year, it's 20 years, okay? Right, right. So in a few years from now, in a few years from now, uh, Attack of the Clones, I think, were they three years apart or two years apart every uh, prequel movie? Because I know the original trilogy three. was three. Okay, yeah, I think, so, I think they were three, too. Yeah, 99, 02, and 05. Okay, so so for most people, right? I don't even, I can't do math. I'm horrible <laughs> at math. So people that are 16 right now, right? Right. 16, 17 right now. They were born. Yeah. Here's a perfect example. I've talked about this before. My son is a, is Attack of the Clones baby. I won't get uh-huh. into I won't get into much more than that. <laughs> but he's 16 and uh-huh. he was he, he was conceived the week Attack of the Clones came out in the theaters. It just I makes remember. it worse when you keep laughing. Well, I remember ex- I remember everything. Well, I would I would expect so. Yeah. The, I, the movie made me happy. What do you want me to say? <laughs> so so anyways. So these these people that are 16, you know, uh-huh. and some of these people that were five, you know, ten at the time that these movies came out, all they know is Yoda who fights with a lightsaber. Right. They've never experienced life to where Yoda's just this old wise guy, you know, this old wise Jedi who who spoke in, in a you know, I don't know what they call his speech, but you know, they've they've never lived without the prequels. Right. And, so and that understanding of the character that wasn't there before. Right. So so for a lot of us who grew up with, with the with the original trilogy and then found out the backstory, a lot of the a lot of the fans now know it as, as a whole and then are experiencing yeah. more, you know, as we get through the sequel trilogy. So it's, it's just kind of interesting, the dichotomy, you know, and the, and the way different fans are. And I'm interested too, not, not to bring it back to episode nine, but like I, I, I've, I've gotten the impression from various things that I've seen that a part of the, the story for episode nine is to tie together the series and the franchise not just the trilogy so what all that entails i'm not sure if it's even correct in the first place but i i mean it would make sense certainly and i really hope that it does bring because whether or not they do episodes 10 11 12 it's incidental at this point i feel like this is a great opportunity to wrap 
what we know so far. And so I love to see them do that. And it's going to be interesting too in yeah, even 20 years from now when someone watches the movies uh, who, who wasn't born yet to have all nine episodes and how they look at it differently. I can see that. Especially if nine does wrap it all together, you know, they can, they can see the entire picture. Well, you know, maybe without George Lucas, as far as the sequels go, but, but even still, they can see the whole picture of the story as we know it, we've discovered it piece by piece. The thing is though, is is that, is that honestly, you know, you're talking about 10, 11 and 12. If this is the end of the Skywalker saga, don't you think the numbering should end? Sorry, is my it dog, though? My dog's yelling. <laughs> but but is it? They're saying it's the end of the Skywalker saga and so on. But I mean, we don't know if it is. No, we don't. <laughs> well, if if here's the thing: <laughs> the only the only person who could even be remotely considered, you know, part of the Skywalker saga left alive. Um, obviously Carrie Fisher, I don't know what they're gonna ha- how they're gonna handle Princess Leia. Yeah. But while she's a Skywalker, the only other person besides that is Kylo Ren. He's you know <laughs> was, by, uh, by blood. I, I almost said no, there is another just to be that guy, but I'm not going there. Why? Who is it? Oh, it depends. I mean, there are some people who are uh, it's less than before, but there's still some people who are convinced that Ray is a Skywalker still. Maybe. Maybe and, uh, and, and and if they're able to pull it out and make it to where she is, fine, and and it's believable and not contrived and ham-fisted, then that that's great. But otherwise, you know, what if in episode nine? And I, again, I, I have more trust in JJ than this. But what if like the Luke Force Ghost is just like, hey guys, I have a son, and he's like hiding on this planet. Y'all need to find him in order to win. And that's like half the movie is I'm trying to find Luke's son. <laughs> like I, said, I, I don't, I have more trust in JJ than that actually happening, but that would be kind of funny just to is see that, the reaction. Is that the Hobbit? Dominic Monaghan? Is, is, is that who Luke's son would be? Sure. Why not? Oh, yeah, Let's go no, for it. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, oh, Matt Smith. That's who it is. Oh, might. It might. Matt Smith's in this? Yeah. What is he doing? Who knows? Who's got time for all this? Matt Smith. I never understood why when... Here's the thing. If this is the final, you know, this is definitely the final episode of the trilogy. But why spend all this time introducing new characters if they're not going to be important? Or or why get a Matt Smith to play a character if he's not going to have a major point, you know, a major role? Same thing with uh, uh, Carrie, Carrie Russell. Yeah. Carrie Russell's awesome. If she's just going to be a throwaway character, though, that's almost a waste. Uh, well, my... If we're going uh... to have Star Wars films for the rest of our lives, you know, better save the well-known actors for other movies. Let, let me put it this way. I, I don't want to... Right now, there will be an episode where we can do spoiler conversations and whatnot. I don't want to go too much into it right now, but I would not be surprised if Carrie Russell is one of those characters who ends up with her own Disney Plus series based off who, of episode who, 9. What are you talking about? What am I not following? Spoilers! <laughs> uh, I mean, she... Let me just put it this way. She has a really cool costume and by by sound of it and is a side character i wouldn't say a throwaway character for episode nine she is it it seems she is it seems as more of a side character is she a bounty hunter i I, something to that effect i i don't know specifically but i would say she's more like that than like a resistance fighter or something like that damn if carrie wrestles a bounty hunter I, t- I don't know if anyone that listens has watched Americans, but that girl kicks some serious. Uh, can I say ass? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that girl kicks some serious ass in the Americans. So I definitely buy her as just watching her uh, yeah. take take down people. I buy I buy her physicality uh, in the character. So I'd love to see that. Yeah. Uh, it, but, I'm, it could but, be. but here's the thing: there's so many other characters I want to have. A Disney Plus series than Carrie Russell as a bounty hunter. No offense to Carrie Russell if she's listening. 
But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who are way up there. Hey, you know what would be amazing? I mean, they actually wrapped uh, episode nine filming by now. Uh, but if, like, you know, last month, it would be amazing if, like, half the cast, this is dream, uh, dreaming, if half the cast was just, like, listening to Star Wars podcasts and we're, like, one of them as they're filming and just, you know, whether they're laughing at us or whatever, uh, we'd never know. No. But that would be awesome. Because I tell you right now, I'd much rather have, at this point, a, a Greg Grunberg, Snap Wexley, Snap Wexley <laughs> uh, series than, uh, than uh, you know, Carrie Russell. And speaking of, would speaking you? of, yeah, speaking of Schnapp Wexley, um, let, let's talk about Resistance. Yeah, because you know what? Hey, guys, I'm caught up. Yes! I ha- Actually, today, I-, I sat down and I watched all of them to How date. How many episodes were you behind? Uh, seven or eight, I think. Was today a holiday? No. Okay, because it, it was really busy at my work. Uh, I, mean, I work in retail, and so I was like, well, these people either A, all don't have jobs, <laughs> or B, it's a holiday. So may just as be far the- as I know, it's not a holiday. I mean, I don't think so either. Everybody's really needy today. Maybe just a lot of people have a birthday today. Eh, possibly, or you know, they they have that extended sick day. Oh, I'm I'm sick on Monday when I just had Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday off. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty common. Time of season for some of that too. So, well, true. True, there is like some legit sickness going on, but, but still, you know, like, hey, I'm super sick. Let me let me go out. Yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah. Okay, so Tim, uh, what do you think of the episodes you watched? Well, I, I definitely say overall, in, in my opinion, that the, I don't want to say issues, but but the things that I wasn't being super satisfied with before are getting better and improving, and I feel like overall it's becoming a more enjoyable. Uh, show for me to watch one thing that I was a little disappointed in was just I was seeing a lot of hype around yesterday's episode and that like you know it was a a not miss and like it was even worth if you hadn't even seen any episodes go back and watch them all just so you could see last night's episode was the thing that I saw well okay I mean like it, it was good like it was a good episode but but at the end I'm like oh Okay, I was waiting for like the big thing to happen, and it never did. All right. Well, what big thing were you waiting for to happen? Well, I don't know. Like either like something cool I wouldn't expect, or it was too soon for like the Huck speech. But but just something, you know. Well, it's and... not necessarily too soon for the Huck speech. I mean, obviously we're getting it next episode because I think next you think episode. It's the next one? I think next episode is the season finale, isn't it? Oh yeah, actually, I think you're right because uh, last week I tagged you in that tweet and said there were two left, right? Yeah. So next week's it. So it's. <laughs> It's got to be next week. Well, I guess you're right. Is it an hour next week, or is it half? Is hour? it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're a podcast. Right. So we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we need to ask these things to each other before we record. Well, because 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 what I thought was really cool about this episode, I, obviously, I, I've been in the same boat as you. There, there's been definitely some highlights of the previous, you know, eighteen episodes. Um, I certainly like the the more first order centric episodes with with yeah. you know, Captain Phasma in them or or Poe is here you know and, and they're outside of the of the base you know and again we talked about this before in a previous episode but I think the main problem with with Resistance is it was advertised as a specific show it was almost advertised as a racing show. Not um, almost. It really was. Yeah, there, it was. It, they made a great deal or a big deal about all these additional characters, uh, specifically the racers that were yeah. in this show, and it really is just a side component. And so if you're looking forward to seeing – because I also thought Kaz at some point was going to soup up the uh, the spit, was it Spitfire? Fireball. Fireball, thank you. I thought that Kaz was going to get the fireball ready. He was going to, you know, race it in in one of the races and become the champion, you know. And, and, and this is just not my wishful thinking. This is kind of what they allude to in some of the early episodes and then in some of the marketing. You yeah, know, it, it's the setup. It is the setup, but it's not. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not what they're doing. These characters. I don't even know if any of these characters are going to continue next season. Um, 
I can see how, you know, they make it very clear. There's one little line or one little word in, uh, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, go see it, come back, <laughs> finish off this conversation. But uh, at, at one point, basically, Kaz sends out a message to Leia saying that help, we need help from the resistance. You know, the Colossus is under attack or, or they're being, uh, you know. Uh, Overrun. Yeah, so to speak, overrun by the First Order, so we need help. And Leia sends a message that says, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> we're kind of stretched thin. We can't help you, but we're going to send you a message to – we're going to send you the coordinates to our next base. Right, which is presumably uh, Dakar, right? No. D- Dakar which, – which planet's Dakar? That's uh, – oh, no, that's where they are at that time, right? Right. 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 So when she's saying next base, she's she's because right. this is basically the same time frame that all the stuff in the early part of Force Awakens yeah. happened. Yeah, so, so like it can't be Crate. So right. because Crate like, was just a, a quick stop because they had nothing else they could do. Right. So she's sending the coordinates to the base that they go to after the last Jedi. Right. So time wise, why you know, just that one little word to me when they say next that assumes that the following season is going to take place after last jedi because they're not at you know they're not at uh they won't be at the car they're definitely not at crate because you know they had to leave crate right and, and crate was just a stop you know on their on their slow uh space chase yeah and kaz is going to show up it's just going to be the falcon and whoever's on it you're right that's it so we're led to believe that uh you know just with that that quick little that quick little addition of a word that resistance will take place you know in the time frame between last jedi and uh and episode 9 and and when that happens I don't know but what I do think would be interesting is if they you know I was talking to I don't know I think I was talking to Drew about this uh Ellie Kings Drew um, I think one of the things that would be interesting if, if this is where you find out where Snap Wexley is, or if you know find out where Admiral Statura is, um, or even Jess Pava. I'm not. I don't think Jess Pava is making a return to uh, Episode Nine, but you know if this is where you find out where some of the other Resistance was, because perhaps he's told to go on a mission to right. find them. You don't really have to detail much about what's going on in the world of star wars between episode eight and nine if you send him on a mission to go find other people who will then show up in episode nine right yeah i mean I, j- just kind of like play a devil's advocate thing let's just say that was some type of oversight or something or that somehow in the writer's mind they're gonna she's sending him the coordinates to dakar just just say that that allows them a little bit more time for the next season and what they want to do. And it still keeps my fan theory in place of Kaz being a part of the Takodana raid next to Poe. Like, I really want that to happen from his perspective on the show. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he will be. I don't think it will be either at this point, but I still want it. I I think, I think we're going to end. I honestly think we're going to end the series with the tragedy, the season with the tragedy. The captain or commander, whatever he is, uh, not making it or what? No, no. Well, possibly, but but I think what's going to happen is we're going to stretch it out to where, um, the Hux, uh, oh, Hosni and Prime and all that. Yeah, because that is where Kaz's father is. Right. So I think that's gonna kind of be how it ends, you know, with with him realizing his father's dead. Uh, they've just defeated or stopped the first order from taking over this, you know, this, uh, the base or the Colossus and that he's got a much larger role to play in the resistance, possibly even recruiting, you know, now that we know what we're up against, you know, which one of you guys is with me? You guys are all great pilots, but can you be members of the resistance? So I wouldn't be surprised if some, or if all of the, the pilots, you know, the aces, you know, end up kind of banding with him at the end to go on and be, you know, members of the resistance. 
So instead of it just being a show, instead of it being a show about racers, it is literally a show about resistance. Right. With, it, with its foundation kind of being in the racing thing, even though it wasn't as directed that way as we had thought, uh, it, I could still see that, yeah, tying in. Especially now that some of the aces have a bad taste in their mouth with the First Order. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the vast majority of these people move on to a different locale. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're sticking to the Colossus any longer. I think, I think that's done. Yeah, I think, I think it that's pretty be. much like, yeah. I mean, I think it's like Lethal in the first season of uh, of uh, Rebels. Right. You know, you keep wanting them to get off Lethal, and then they finally do. So, so I think the Colossus is the base of operations, and and now it's done, and now they're out you know, and part of a much larger world. And, and I think that makes for better storytelling, to be honest. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. But but you're really right, though. The whole thing about the timing and with Hux's speech potentially being in the next episode and, and the season finale, it, it's just, it, it's so tight as far as what's next. Like, do we know when the next season's going to premiere? Yeah, it's it the fall. It, yeah, it's the fall. So it, it we Before will have... episode nine. Right, and that's where it, get, that's where it gets a little dicey. Yeah. You know, because you're gonna have you're gonna have potentially you're gonna have events set after. I mean, I, I don't know a, a succinct way of saying it, but everyone everyone wants to know what happens after Last Jedi, and here will be this story, you know, the Resistance, with stuff that happens after Last Jedi. But I don't think they'll give enough to where it's gonna spoil anything in Episode Nine. So that's why. Well... I think well, here's another thing. Not not to be Debbie Downer about it, but if you look at the well, if you look at the recent history of Rebels and even how Resistance started versus where it is now, there's kind of a pattern of a lot of filler and uh not consequential episodes as far as the overall Star Wars story. These character stories, sure, but the overall Star Wars thing that's going on right now. They really don't don't address it until the end of that season or a mid season finale thing or whatever. You know? That's they like, true. They like to bring it up before they're done with for a time. So, so I think we mentioned this before then. So do you think it's gonna be to where this you're gonna actually you're not gonna actually see anything of consequence in, until the second half of the season? Probably. Uh, I mean just based have, off of history. Well yeah, you'll have the first half. Then you'll have episode nine in the theaters, and then you'll have what the second half that may do a little time jump. Or they don't even need to do a time jump; they can just kind of stall for the. Let's say it premieres in October, uh, like mid October. That's like what two months, uh, like eight episodes. You can do of just kind of stalling stuff a little bit, fillers or whatnot, and then after that, you, you can do whatever you want. Episode nine's out. Man, though, you could have. A- cool stuff you can you could easily you know uh you could have you could have finn yeah and, uh, you could have ray show up yeah and that's the thing if you really wanted to get people to to come over to the show start throwing in you know hell have luke's ghost walk by <laughs> uh, I, I was i was gonna say kylo would be a huge draw I'd well think. yeah no kind or you could have you could have my girl Captain Phasma make a return in uh, Resistance. Hey, it's not impossible. Well, because here's the thing. Here's why it is possible. You don't you don't sully in the movies with her return. You keep it in uh, you keep it in the cartoons, almost like Darth Maul coming back. But it's still important. I get you. At the same time, he, he's com- or she's compared more to Boba Fett. And how has that Stop. been treated so far? How, how has it been treated? How has Boba Fett been treated? Boba Fett has uh, Boba Fett is a well-rounded character now after Clone Wars. Well, sure, but I'm saying tell me, regarding tell me I'm wrong. regarding the death, how has that been treated? I don't want to talk about it. Let's not let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about it after the Mandalorian premieres. I, I'm just saying, like I I get where you're coming from, and and I wouldn't be shocked if that happens because of that. Because if, if they if they if they're on Tatooine in the Mandalorian and the and Boba Fett does not come up or there's not some resolution for that character, then it's a extremely it's a, it's a, an extreme missed opportunity. 
Because yeah. just as much as just as much as Tatooine is Luke's home base and Anakin's home base, so to speak, it's also Boba Fett's home base. It may not have started out that way, but that's where we first meet him. Yeah, it's where well, his character establishes himself right. in the I mean, long that's, run. That's definitely where we first meet him as far as the the revised Star Wars trilogy is concerned. You first see him working for Jabba. Right. Uh, you hope. Yeah, it, it, and in new comics, you know, he's definitely there, you know, going after Luke and and he looks through Ben's hut to try and find information. He, he you know, he works for Jabba. Uh he dies, quote unquote, dies in the Star Wars. <laughs> so so that's definitely his his base so if you're yeah. going to set the mandalorian in on tatooine then you kind of have to address the elephant in the room well you know i'm kind of interested uh with tatooine because let's say it, it's in the mandalorian let's just also say it's in episode nine are they like because so many people have been talking about new terrain and new worlds and all that that they want to see uh and Jakku we've already had a, as the desert planet. I know it's different, but it's essentially a desert planet. And if you have Tat- Tatooine back in both of those places, Mandalorian and Episode Nine, are they kind of cutting themselves off from using it any further in other places like Resistance or something? Tatooine? Yeah. Tatooine serves no purpose in Resistance as far as I'm concerned. Well, but I mean, just as an example, but like any other mediums, like are they? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, to me, Tatooine revolves around the Skywalker saga and right. people who were are there. So there is no there is no reason there's no reason for Ray to go to Tatooine unless she wants to learn something about Luke. Well, she might not be the only one trying to go there, though. Well, why? Come on, spoiler spoiler hound. No, no, I, I don't. I don't say this as a spoiler. This is just my me thinking here. If anybody is going to go to Tatooine, I'm thinking it might be Kylo slash Ben. Kylo doesn't give a crap about Anakin. Uh, he he gives a crap about Darth Vader. Yeah, but I could. If anything, he's going to go to Coruscant. I I just I could see I him it. going it. there. You know, it, I mean, Ray like... Ray too, but I just don't want to overlook. Again, Kylo slash Ben as potentially having an, an interest in being there. Specifically, this might be a little. Actually, I'm not gonna. That, that is kind of spoilery. Are we gonna get Watto back? Because I love Watto. <laughs> I don't. I don't imagine that to well, happen. Why? He. You look just because. How long did Toydarians live? I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. He might be. He might live a long. Okay, we're gonna Wikipedia this. Nobody knows. How long? I mean, I mean hell, if, Chew- if Chewbacca can span, you know, the saga, why not Watto? All right, Tori Darian on Wikipedia. This says... I don't need another home. Do they even give like a, an average lifespan or anything? I don't know. They haven't. But I mean, on Wikipedia, like, where do I find that? Uh, you have to read, Tim, and nobody wants to hear, you know, you read. No offense, nobody wants to hear me read either. It's actually a pretty short article, and I didn't see it in there, so I think it's just probably not there. Oh, well. Just type type in on Google, how old is Watto? Maybe that's how something How old pops up. is Watto? Oh, what? Wikipedia has a thing on Watto. How old that's is he? First entry. Man, this is a super short article. It doesn't really say anything either. See, not enough's been done about Watto. <laughs> uh, it says his son Blotto makes an appearance in the non-canonical television special Phineas and Ferb Star Wars. Yeah, no. See, that's a that's a thing. You know, real quick aside, that's the thing that you notice when you start watching. You know, as I get older and I start watching, you know, the prequel trilogies again, and they're talking about there's. There's heroes on both sides, right? Yeah. Well, who was the hero? Who who's the hero for the Separatists? Uh, I, Count Dooku. I don't. Eh, maybe I don't see. I don't see him as the hero they're talking about, though. I'm trying to think of because at the time we're told that Obi Wan and Anakin are like superstars to the Republic. Yeah. So yeah, who, it's who, not Gunray or anything like that. But like, who would be the poster boy? Right, or... that's what I'm saying. Who, who's the who's the poster boy for the Separatists? 
Yeah. Because because again, on, <laughs> on, on well, on like, paper, on paper, the separatists are pretty much the precursors of the resistance. Granted, a lot of the separatists wanted to separate for financial reasons or diabolical reasons, or right. because they were being used by by uh, uh, you know Darth Sidious. But at the same time, you, when you meet people like Sagrera or even you know was a Lux Bonterio. I mean, those people basically don't want the yoke or the control of the Galactic Republic on them. And so you can kind of see how the separatists, the vast majority of them are probably fighting in this war for noble reasons. Well, I was going to say, I could kind of see, because, you know, they're the ones separating from the main entity. They're the ones kind of rebelling in this situation. So right. I could I could see their campaign propaganda stuff being along the lines of like like the average Joe fighting for the average Joe kind of thing. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, you look at, you look at champs and doula, right? Champs well, like, doula. Almost like a, a faceless hero. Right. But wasn't champs and doula a separatist? I, I think so. I'm trying to think about it. I think I mean, pretty pot. I mean, he was definitely against the empire and he was, I, I thought he was against, you know, the Republic. You didn't, so, you know, yeah, you I think so. Them. So you've got definitely some some people that you recognize as heroes in Star Wars who right. were working for the other side. So I don't know. It's one of those things that the more you start to think about it, the deeper it really is. Yeah. No, and and you're right. You know, honestly, that is the thing about the prequels that is really good. Is like we said early on, there is such a huge world of story possibilities and aspects that aren't even touched. You know, well, there were, and there was a ton of stuff before even the Clone Wars started. Oh yeah, and now it's just like you could just live in that universe for for years and create new content for you know. There's still a lot of new content that can be mined out of that that you know that that era. Oh yeah, you know one of my I always really liked the Battle of Geonosis as a as a scene in Star Wars, but one of the things that really just like deepened my interest in exploring the backstory of the prequels is I, I saw a story. I don't know if this was in a book or a fan theory or what, I don't know, but I saw something years ago about, uh, uh, general Grievous being there at the battle of Geonosis and him watching behind the scenes as, as like Dooku's, you know, behind the scenes apprentice he was there watching what was going on and that's where he gained his appreciation and rivalry of obi-wan was watching him fight everybody there oh that's possible i love that story and like i said and that concept of this major character being there and we'd have no idea and it being totally plausible i love that and that's kind of what made me have, like i said a deeper appreciation for the stories not told during the prequel time well you know even if you look at uh you know, and I may have the story completely wrong. I, I wish Sal was here to be able to to correct me. But uh, Dark Disciple, which is pretty mm -hmm. much the the novel, it, it was adapted from unaired episodes of Clone Wars. But right. it's about uh, Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress uh, are hired or told to basically go out and assassinate Dooku. But there's a whole huge scene where Dooku is like, "Hey, this is a big party." He's throwing a, you know, a soiree, <laughs> so to speak, for for people in, in the separatist nation, right? Uh, you know, and and Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress has has to dress up. They have to dress up in tuxes and evening gowns to to go in and, and infiltrate because it's a big event, right? And when I hear those things, I'm like, wow. So what was it like on the separatist side? They're they're not, you know hunkered in caves to where they're like we've got to find a way you know to defeat the republic they're they're like no we disagree with them and we're gonna have a group and and now you guys are attacking us because we've separated uh -huh. you know so it, it's interesting you know and that's definitely always something i'd love to see is a more fleshed out history or backstory you know current history in the timeline of Dooku. I think Dooku is a, is a fascinating character who could really use with some some fleshing out, you know, because they, we know we know that that he his padawan was Qui-Gon. Right. But they just don't tend to stray too far from the start of Phantom Menace. 
Well, I was going to say they really expanded his character and I think did it a huge service in the Clone Wars. And especially the one episode where he, Obi-Wan and Anakin are working together to break out of wherever they were. I don't even remember right now. But that combined with and like the, the visions, I think that uh, was it Yoda, I think, was having back when, like, if everything had been perfect kind of thing. And, oh, and yeah, yeah. Dooku was there with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Anakin, and, and they were all happy, you know? These types of things really expanded the, our, I feel like, my understanding of Dooku as a character beyond just the villain of Episode 2. Well, yeah, but but also, you know, I think you understand what I'm saying, is that in current canon, right? Right. Anything pre-Phantom Menace, uh, maybe a few years, but pretty much that's where the Star Wars timeline starts. You'll have yeah. references to Malachor or whatever from from Rebels and Darth Bane, right? But you don't have really much of a of a serious look at um, anything that happened prior to Episode One, right? And you know, speaking of, not speaking of, but I talked about LA Kings Drew earlier. He was uh, he was tweeting me today or sending me text messages talking about how much he would love to see the Game of Thrones guys deal with something prior to that, whether it's Darth Bane or you know the Old Republic. And it and almost <laughs> well, it, it almost seems like those guys. You know, uh, this is a conversation that we had, but it almost seems like those guys were hired strictly for that. You know that that yeah. aesthetic sort of in the in the pre the pre what is it industrialized sort of republic to where things right. were older things were you know because you don't hire those guys to do slicks you know slick space travel you hire those guys to do a little gritty a little dirty a little uh, older almost like when the lightsabers were still attached by a cord to your waist kind of thing <laughs> yeah kind of to where to where it's a little rudimentary like. You you have just as much a, a shot of slicing off your own hand with the lightsaber right. as you do with uh, anybody else's, right? And I and I hope that's what we get because there's not enough story out there pre Phantom Menace in the new canon. I mean, obviously there's a ton of stuff prior, but in the new canon, we're kind of in a dead zone. Anything that happened earlier, yeah. I well, wonder. I'd, I'd like to see it. I wonder how much you're going to expand on that once we're done with. Well, I sort of say once we're done with all the movie hype, but that's not going away soon, even though we have episode nine coming out here. But Ryan Johnson's got his trilogy. And then, you know, these guys have at least one. No, they said at least two, right? That they're doing at least two, possibly three. Yeah. So there's what? Five movies at least after episode nine. So I can't which, even say. Which one are you that. more excited for? Which which group of films are you more excited for? <sighs> It's come on, Tim. I well, I have an answer. It's hard to say this could change super easily just because we know nothing about either of them, <laughs> except for that Ryan Johnson's touches on something we haven't really explored before. In theory, I would say the the games of Game of Thrones guys, just because we've already seen what Ryan Johnson can do with Star Wars, we haven't seen what they can do yet. Right, I, I'm more excited for the Game of Thrones guys stuff strictly because if they're hired on the basis of what they deliver for game of thrones and i'm a huge fan of game of thrones then you know i want uh, space dragons <laughs> i mean i get space dragons uh but i want space dragons toothless hey uh how to train your dragon 3 was pretty good by the way i haven't seen it was it it, ra- it wrapped it up pretty nice and and okay. uh uh what was it john pal yeah man his score i know guy. The how that to train guy, dragon. That guy's on a whole... Okay, you cut out for a second. Sorry, he's on a whole other level. Okay. Yeah, no, okay, so here's the thing. I mean, we talked about this when he was announced as the, the composer for Solo. Like, yeah. one of the first things we mentioned is How to Train Your Dragons because of how great that is. And when you listen to Solo, you can tell this is the same composer who did that. And within the soundtrack community, How to Train Your Dragons is a highly well-regarded score. Oh, yeah. Outside of the soundtrack community, I feel like it gets practically no love. Well, I, I think people recognize it, but at the same time, I don't think they 
quite realize. Like, I, I think with How to Train Your Dragon, you could honestly play some of the themes from it, and the average person would under, would know, oh, that's How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. And which, and that is, which is that's saying pretty a praise. Lot. It, yeah, yeah. It's saying a lot with, with today's music. That, that is, that's a good point, yeah. But, I mean, so, hey, that, you know, good for him, because it's awesome. Oh, yeah. He, he did really good. And, so, and and it's one of the better uh, finales of a trilogy I've seen as far as wrapping things up in a, in a nice little package. Okay, that's good. Yeah, they did they did well. I kind of want to because I I was going to mention it before and we wrapped around to a different conversation. But do you want me to say something that is spoilery spoilery relating to tattooing? Yes or no for episode nine. Sure, go ahead. But let it, let our audience know. Tune yeah. out for like a minute or so. Yeah, yeah. Give us yeah, like a good 60, 90 seconds at least, something like that. Pull, pull out your uh, your AirPods. So supposedly, uh, yeah, Tatooine is in Episode Nine. More specifically, the Lars Homestead. Ooh. Why? I don't know, <laughs> but that that much it seems to be legit. Did they go dig up uh, Shmi's corpse? I certainly hope not. Me either. <laughs> but, and I don't like, so I'm saying, I don't know if it's Ray. I don't know if it's Kylo. I don't know if it's everybody. One, one other thing is that uh, supposedly, and if you follow making Star Wars, you probably already know this. Uh, a, a huge part of episode nine is both sides chasing, almost in a race against each other to get to something and find something or someone first before the other side does. I don't even so, know well, Mike, so I don't know if that is something that is on tattooing related to Lar. I would assume not. I would just think that that might be like a good place to wrap the trilogy. See, here's here's where I'm at in my fandom, and, and this is why things are so difficult for me as as an adult. There are some people I'm sure who can who can uh, sympathize. If you can sympathize, tweet at me at <laughs> Griddle Marks on Twitter. Um. There's three trailers I'm wait, waiting for right now. Three distinct trailers. I'm waiting for Game of Thrones. I haven't had a Game of Thrones final season trailer. I'm waiting for a, a good Endgame, Avengers Endgame trailer. Yeah. And I'm waiting for a good Star Wars trailer. These are three huge things. Huge things that are wrapping up this year. That have, you know, some of, the, some of these things have, have you know, even even though Star Wars is only restarted again in what 2015, yeah, it, it's still Episode Nine. Yeah, it's still the final chapter supposedly in the Skywalker saga. So to me, it's a huge deal. You know, right. uh, Avengers Endgame is ten years of Marvel movies. Um, Game of Which... Thrones is seven years or eight seasons. You know, eight years of episodic content so so this is a big year as far as finales go yeah and uh y- y- you know god i hope all of them stick the landing uh but yeah all, all three of these things i'm waiting for trailers on i really well, and, can't wait and, and a part of what's so important about endgame specifically too not only is it like you said 10 years of marvel movies and not only is it the climax of the most, in my opinion, the most ambitious filmmaking to date, just because of the 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 amount of and depth of crossovers and individual movies that oh, have formed sure. into this, you know, the vision was so huge. But also, this one company, being Disney's Marvel movies, have completely one hundred percent reinvented the superhero movie. Oh yeah. And this is that climax. We think we've seen so many climaxes up to this point in this Marvel journey, and we have, but this is the one for all of it. So like you said, it's kind of huge. Yeah, this is like the big... This would be like the end of the original trilogy. There's still going to be ramifications. But 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, it took 10 years to, to end this trilogy. Yeah. But this is the end of... A group of stories. There's going to be references to these stories going forward, but this is pretty much an endpoint. 
You know, and same thing with an Game of Thrones. Point. Well, an end game. There you go. So close. Right. Sorry. <laughs> I, I blame the Jack Daniels and the what else am I drinking? <laughs> Whiskey, lemon tea from Cutwater Spirits. So, yeah, if I'm slurring, it's because whenever I record Podcast 287, it is a party. Which the best whiskey, I just saw an article, the best whiskey on, on the, the office in the world or what, was just uh, voted on. Yeah, who was it? I forget the company, but you can oh, buy come it. come on! I just remember where you could buy it. It was like 18 bucks for a thing. Uh, uh, it's probably uh, it's probably the best whiskey in the world or one of the highest rated whiskeys in the world is Jim Beam XO. Okay, I, I pulled it up right here because, again, I did remember the name of the store where you could buy it because they're by me, Mark. You can, I don't think they have one by you. But it is uh, the – whoa, hold on. Sorry, this super loud video just started playing, and I'm trying to stop it. There we go. Oh, I'm going to say it's Jim Beam XO, or it's uh, Henry McKenna, uh, 10-year bottle and bond. But it, there's no way it's $18. This looks like it says it was the Queen Margot whiskey. Who? Queen Margot. Who? <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it's, uh, I think it's approximately $18 to buy. All right. Hold on. I'm going to look this up. It's named the world's best scotch. Oh, scotch. Okay. That's a whole other story. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, it was whiskey. Sorry. Well, yeah. I it mean, was whiskey. I misspoke. It says bourbon, an 18 and it, is whiskey. Scotch an $18 is supermarket whiskey was just named one of the world's best, is what it says. Followed by uh, the Queen Margot beat out serious competition in the blended scotch category. That's what it is. Queen Margot, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm going to type it up. GOT? Queen Margot scotch. Who makes this shit? Oh, sorry, Tim. <laughs> see, I'm looking it up. It's from Scotland, I think it says. Yeah, I see on Forbes it says uh, fake whiskey news. No. That little whiskey is not the best in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it says, yeah, uh, product of Scotland is still blended and bottled in Scotland. Oak aged eight years. Yeah. There you go. All right, go ahead. I'll, I'll keep reading. Oh, I don't remember. Was I talking about something else? I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, no, you were explaining why, why you... Oh, Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. See, even without our good friend Jared here, we're still talking about Avengers. Although, although honestly, you know, let me pour a little bit out for the homie that's not here. I'm going to pour it on my carpet. Jared, this whiskey's for you. Um, we have talked about a lot of Star Wars this episode. Yeah. It, it happened. And for future episodes, we already have a plan. Yes, tell our listeners what uh, they can expect next week and the weeks thereafter. Shockingly, Shockingly. none of you saw this coming. No, none. We're going to talk about music and Star Wars. Woo! And we're going to be going into uh, specifics, like, like one aspect of Star Wars at a time. So, like, for example, I think we've already agreed that the next time... We're going to be going into A New Hope specifically. That's it. So we can go into more detail, more conversation, and so on, as opposed to just the overall, this is Star Wars music that we kind of did last time. So so next week, you're going to be <laughs> talking about uh, just strictly Star Wars uh, New Hope music? Yes. And are you excited, Pringles? Yeah, sure. Where's Jared? <laughs> Well, where's Jared? <laughs> Wait, where's 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 Jared at? Uh, Mark, you want to take this one? Yeah, hold on. Pringles, <laughs> get the back of your cage. <laughs> How did I you let him lose? Go, I don't want to go back in my cage. <laughs> where's Jared? Shut up. <laughs> no longer on a podcast. He's moved on. Yeah, he's our intern. I hope he knows. Where's Jared? Jared! All right, I, I put him back in his cage. So ah. next week, next week, 
Star Wars A New Hope. We're going to discuss the music. We are. And if you have any questions about it, go ahead and let us know. We have multiple ways that you can contact us. We are on Twitter, which is at Podcast2187. If you feel like it, we're on Instagram, and that's also at Podcast2187. And we have a website, which is Podcast2187.com. There's a contact form there. You can email contact at Podcast2187.com. We'll get that email. Is there anything that's not Podcast2187 related? No, I'm great at branding. So we I have. You, you can text us at 346-800-2187. Oh, man. You can call us at 346-800-2187. I think I'm out. We don't have any guests on? That is likely going to be happening, and I'm pretty sure some people will be happy about some of the eventually people we got lined up. You know, there's a couple of people that I would love to hear talk about Star Wars music with us. Uh, you know, there, here's, the, here's where I fall. There's a group of people who I would just love to BS star wars with right a ton of people <laughs> and and then there's a group of people who i definitely like to start uh talking music with so right. maybe we can uh figure that out i i do see a lot of, of good and fun guests coming up not too long old and new oh yeah who's the old if you say if you say outlaw no i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot myself well, well you know I, it, is, I, it is time. It is time. Well, I, he, he was one I had in mind, and I hesitated to say based off of your statement just now, but he is one that I was going to say. It's about time for us to have a, a... We need to have a little talk. Yeah. Yeah. His, his choice of clothing is uh, bothering me. <laughs> uh, his videos are mildly amusing. Mildly? The one well, was pretty good. I don't... Look, he has latest one where he's talking to Thanos. Talking about how swole Thanos is, uh, I'm not sure I enjoyed that one as much as the as the Jedi Council one. But uh, I watched both. <laughs> so. Well, you know, he he may or may not be coming back in the future. Uh, right. Again, so, some other guests who've been on in the past, and, and you guys like them, they might be back. And I'm I'm pretty pretty sure we're gonna get some new people in here too that you will also enjoy. There's one person I, I do want to have on for a Star Wars music episode, and I haven't even talked to him about this yet, so I hesitate to mention it because I'll say this, and he'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to be on. But I'm pretty sure we'll be able to get him on, and, and that'll be fun too. Who? <laughs> oh, tell mean, me later. Tell me later. Yeah, I just don't want to put him on the spot in case, it's, you know, whatever happens. But all right, well, uh, again, contact us through pretty much any way that you can contact a person. And if there's any way, by the way, that... that you want to be able to contact us and you can't let me know. I'll see. I'll look into that. Cause you know, branding 2187, it's a thing. So, and also since we're going to be talking about a new hope next episode, if you have a specific piece of music, that is your favorite, feel oh, free to yes. let us know. Absolutely. It may just be something that, uh, that we agree with, uh, but either way, you know, I would love to know what not, not necessarily the consensus is, but I definitely would like to know what uh, appeals to our listeners as far as uh, musical choices in A New Hope. So I'm sure we'll be tweeting this out later, but if you listen to this, just start tweeting at us. And, and I do want to say before we go that there was a response. to When our show gets tweeted out, it goes under our own account. Sometimes we individually uh, will retweet it or something. And it also gets tweeted under the Making Star Wars Twitter account since that is... Uh, is posted on the website. So one of the replies to that posting from MSW that we got was someone was asking if there was any, any truth or like legitimacy to the Obi-Wan series rumors. Now I don't know for sure if that was directed at us since it was a reply to our show or if it was more directed at Jason. So I don't know what, if, if it's directed at Jason, I'm going to say something anyway, so I'm sorry. But uh, what, seems to have been known is that it's been discussed if it's going to actually happen it seems plausible but not confirmed at this point seems like but, the most logical out of any of them yeah especially because it, it according to the story and the rumors it was going to be a movie and then based off of how solo went over they they kind of hesitated with it and uh kind of re-envisioned the same story to be the six-part series according to, again, the, the story in this rumor. 
certainly plausible and there's nothing that that says that it's not happening from what i've seen uh it's just not confirmed yet but i i at this point i would it's one of the heavier rumors i would go with for now and with that i think we're pretty much good to go anything else mark you wanted to kind of go i'm I'm good i'm good all right well let us know about any episode four out of new hope music stuff whatever it is like he said your favorite track uh things you anything you want us to talk about or whatever just let us know we know that we're more than happy to do it we'll be back next time enjoy the rest of your day or night whenever you're listening to this and we'll be back next time i already said that three times but hey it's still true bye bye i feel like i've devolved with my endings as the years have gone by (laughs) 